I did all that. Don't do, don't. <laughs> so I was joked too that I did like everything I was supposed to do. You know, like I went to college, I met a guy, I got engaged, we bought a house, we got married, we had the kid. Mm-hmm. Like I did it all and it went to shit. So it's like, <laughs> so now I'm doing what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like now I'm doing like life my way. Like I am a single mom. I'm doing stand-up comedy. I'm, I'm renting an apartment. I'm dating a comedian. Like <laughs> I told my friend I was dating a comedian and he's like, like two comedians dating each other is like two heroin addicts dating each other. I'm like, oh. I'm not going to decipher that right now. <laughs> Welcome to We Heart Mum Jokes. I'm Lalita. I'm the queer mom of a 14-year-old, a single mother by choice, and a comic. And I'm Smita. I'm a mom of two, and I met Lalita doing stand-up comedy. We started this podcast uh, way back when, at this point, because we were wondering, how are other parents coping during the pandemic? Are they finding it as difficult as we do? So we decided to ask some people that we really like talking to other comics. So today we have an excellent guest. I'm very excited to speak to her. She's a rising star on Twitter, Emily Page. Woo! (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. She's based out of New Jersey. And something very interesting about Emily is that she started doing stand-up during the pandemic. Is that right? Yes, in July. Yeah. So right in the right in the middle. (laughs) So very exciting to hear about her journey, um, discovering something as strange as stand-up during a pandemic. So we'll start off as we always do with a clip from her Zoom comedy. So this is not a live show, this is a show done over Zoom. Uh, Okay. I do think it's a live show though, I don't think that should be the distinction. Okay, this is not a in-person show. Yes, there you go. It's hard because they do say live, but it does get confusing. So this clip is from a Zoom show. So it's not an in-person show in a club club, but it's still a live show over Zoom. Awesome. Uh, So speaking of marriage, I'm super excited because I recently celebrated my one year anniversary. Um, thank you. Yes. It's been one year since my divorce. So <laughs> very exciting. I know all about the snoring. Um, yeah, but no, I celebrated. I went big. I, uh, I opened a bottle of my favorite wine, put on my wedding video and just laughed at that idiot in the white dress. It was <laughs> a great time. Uh, but it got me thinking. Imagine if I celebrated my divorce the way those people in California celebrated their gender reveal. Like imagine, <laughs> yeah, like imagine if I lit my dress on fire and burned down a forest. <laughs> <laughs> so many options next year. Welcome, Emily. How are you? Good. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Nice to talk to other mom comics, too. (laughs) Yeah, we already dissected the word mamedia, and I quite like it. Smitha hates it. You hate momic more. Is that right, Smitha? Yes. (laughs) Set my teeth on edge. (laughs) Mom comics. Okay, I'm just going to jump right in. What the hell? Like, we're in a pandemic. Your life kind of fell apart, and I know you're going to be talking about that. And you thought, what I need is more anxiety, more insecurity, more things to pressure my evenings. 
Uh, I'm going to do stand-up comedy while I can't even stand up because we're on Zoom. Does that, what, what? Yeah, well, I mean, they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So I'm trying to be the strongest person in the world. Uh, no, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, my life did fall apart and I'm very thankful for that. Mm. So before the pandemic hit, I um, got divorced after having my daughter. So my daughter was about like seven months, eight months old when the divorce finalized. Mm. So here I'm like a brand new mom, you know, I'm single for the first time in like, since I'm 21. So I don't even know what that's like. Mm. And I'm just, you know, feeling pretty like, I don't know, like lost, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, I sold my house right at the beginning of the pandemic and moved back in with my parents. So wow. it's like, yeah, that was great. That was, I <laughs> know, wow. uh, I mean, I love my parents to death, but it's like I moved into my parents' house with a kid, two cats, and a dog. So like I brought my entire entourage with me. And <laughs> I thought like, what else can I do? Because obviously not enough is happening. Uh, but no, I had always wanted to do stand-up. Um, I went to school for literature. I've always been into creative writing. I used to do slam poetry. Um, writing's very therapeutic for me. And uh, it's something that I always wanted to do. And I was like, well, the world is ending, so I need to do it now um, or I'm never going to try. And I signed up for a stand-up class based out of New York City, which uh -huh. normally I would not have been able to do because too much going on. Um, but it's all on Zoom. And so I signed up, I did it, and then the rest is history. I was like bit by the bug. <laughs> I'm just so excited about all the sexual harassment you have yet to experience when we go back to the clubs. <laughs> well, funny enough, that translates great over Zoom, apparently. Um, I have um, had some experiences, but I, I was able to go and do a few open mics in person, socially distant. This was over the summer when it was still nice out and people were masked up and when people were taking it more seriously than I think they are now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I went to, a, I mostly open mics. I was like the only girl, like, mm -hmm. or one of, there was like two of us. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say the comics were really nice to me. I have had interesting things said to me over the computer because I think people are a lot more comfortable saying stuff to you but yeah I'm excited to have my first like actual heckler uh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone actually looks forward to hecklers but I'm like I can't wait to be heckled on stage <laughs> funny like I've experienced that too where like people think they have the right to say things to you just because you're a woman who dares to speak out in public and you're like you you can't disrespect me just because I'm holding a microphone you know like I'm still a human being yeah it's like because I have a microphone like you're you're a target right I spend most of my time in female identified comedy uh, environments, which is mm -hmm. much easier because of Zoom. Like I'm not bound by geography. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear that, that there are mics where there's still predominantly men, of course, I know that to be true because I used to go to those mics in real life, but I avoid them now. And so I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's right. That is still a thing. Yeah. That's going to be very strange coming back to the, the real world and experiencing that again. I get for me, I guess, because again, I'm new. So like, I know this has been going on for years and years and years. Um, I was surprised because I'm like, it's 2020. It's good. now it's 2021. Like we should be a little bit more progressive now. You know, think of this as an even playing field now. Like you've got just as many, if not more amazing female comedians or female identifying comedians as you do male. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it just blows my mind. It's uh, it's definitely putting yourself out there. So I was going to ask you, you, you mentioned like discovering your voice. I'm very curious, like what has your voice been telling you? Oh my goodness. That's a good question. I just think that I think a lot of times in motherhood and when you become a mom and you guys will relate to this, you kind of lose a sense of your, you lose yourself. Like you lose who you are, you lose part of your identity. And um, I saw that happening and I, I felt like I was in a weird place where I was trying to discover who I was um, now that I was like divorced and it was just me again. And also try not to lose myself um, after having my daughter. And the comedy was just a way where I felt like for the first time in a really long time, I could genuinely just be myself. Yeah. Like I'm weird and quirky and sassy and funny. And I found like people who appreciated it. Not that I, you need, but it does help <laughs> when people like get you. Yeah. Um, and I finally felt like I found who I was, which made it easier for me to find people that I like jived with. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, they just got me. So it was like, it took me 30 years to get to a point where I felt like I was finally genuinely my authentic self. Mm-hmm. So it like, doesn't seem long to me at all. <laughs> it seems long to me, but yeah. <laughs> You're still super young. Yeah. Yeah. What does your voice tell you? What is my, well, my voice has been telling me different things over the years because I started doing stand up before I got married when I was living in Hong Kong. So there, like, I felt like my identity as a person of Indian descent, um, especially in a majority Chinese uh, context, was very different. And uh, then, like, over the years, you know, as I started. Um, going to grad school like it was more about education and now like it's a lot about family and motherhood and I feel like family and motherhood are those things where like when you're not in it it's not that interesting (laughs) and then you do it and you're like oh my goodness Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like I do a lot of jokes I end up this is another example of a guy just like not getting it I um I do a a few jokes about my daughter and about me being a bad mom so like all my jokes about my kid are me making fun of myself and obviously I'm not a bad mom (laughs) that's the joke and (laughs) I had this guy message me he's like you should just be careful are gonna think you're a bad mom and I'm like all right I don't even know who you are like just... yeah. mom comedy mansplain to you yeah like... <laughs> what some of my other jokes sure but like this is my territory like these are my jokes yeah you like which part of joke did you miss like it's yeah. you know we just make stuff up and of course it's a person who like has no picture of themselves on their account so you don't even know what they look like they're just like an elf or like some kind of like right. dragon, you know. Thank you for this life advice. Now I'll change yeah. my entire set for you. That's <laughs> just for you. <laughs> yeah. So you've been doing this uh, since last year and lots of Zoom comedy. And um, that's pretty cool, actually. Have you been making lots of friends in the process? Yes, lots of networking. I actually think that's the pretty cool part about Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, is like I've done shows with people all over the States, but then in other countries too. If I had just started doing comedy in normal times, you know, pre-COVID. It would be in mostly New Jersey places I would be or New York, Philly. Um, But it's really cool to be able to talk to like you guys right now, you know, on the West Coast. And, you know, I've met some, I have a good group of like comedian friends now, I feel like, like all over. So yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of people that are so anti-Zoom comedy, which is like, listen, to each their own, but like, don't, fault people who are doing it 
because they found a way to make it work and you're right it's completely different you can't compare it you know it's not Those you're not going to get the same people that think lesbians can't have a good time <laughs> those are very sad people <laughs> they're just jealous yeah i think so kind of interactive almost um, oh yeah drag on people's houses like judge their room <laughs> i'm just i promise i'm not judging your home but i really am judging. <laughs> Bobby oliver actively judges your home should be like why don't you paint your walls <laughs> <laughs> i didn't paint my walls because this is an apartment that i'm renting and i'm not repainting them i'm so. <laughs> here i'm not repainting when i leave <laughs> i did like decals in my daughter's room her room looks amazing my room looks like prison <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a mom thing right like you oh yeah if my if I ate as well as I make my kids eat, oh, I make her dinner and I eat like I snack on things while I'm making her dinner. So she has this beautiful dinner and I ate like a bag of pretzels. Yeah, it's very much the do as I say, not as I do. School. Yes. <laughs> Wait till your ch children are teenagers. It's the opposite. Like I'll, you know, he will have like you know whatever the mac and cheese, pizza, hamburger type, and then I'll have this beautiful salad with avocado and all the things I love. And I always so now I feel I'm the winner, but I've definitely been through that. You know, here are your five fruit and vegetables for the day, and I'll just yeah. have those leftover stale pretzels from last week. <laughs> exactly, it's fine. Sometimes I go to bed, I'm like, did I eat? Uh, I think I never do that. I'm always like, yeah, I ate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Do you fall asleep while you reach your kids? I used to fall asleep every night. I'd lie down with him and I'd be out. And then two yes. hours later, he'd wake me up. Like, mm -hmm. you know, mom, it's you're hard. sorry. Go to your own room. <laughs> but I feel like what, I feel like once you're go, 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 go. As soon as you sit down, you just like, everything goes. You lost it. <sighs> and then these books are so boring as well. I mean, I'm <laughs> Bob the Builder and the Dinosaurs. And I'm like, you know, 65 million. You <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't even care anymore. Oh my God. If you skip a page, you get called out. If I skip a page, I have to start from the beginning again. I'm like, can I just go back to the page I skipped? No, we have to start. Okay, that's great. That's, that's probably a good teaching, pedagogically a good strategy because that will teach you to not skip a page, Emily. Yeah, I know. She's listening. She's teaching the teacher, right? Who taught who? Am I right, ladies? Oh, God. <laughs> who rescued who? Yeah, okay. We were talking to Dana Keel, uh, our previous guest on the show, about how it's been a snackdemic. Okay. <laughs> you know, just so much snacking going on. Um, I'm oh, yeah. snacking too much. So I've got this idea for a diet. What do you guys think? which is that I can eat whatever I want and drink whatever I want, but I cannot look at a screen when I'm doing it. Ooh, that's actually a really good idea. I would you're end up reading a ton of books. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I know this concept is a good one, but I cannot bring myself to do it because I love watching TV and eating snacks. That's the best. I'm like constantly on TikTok, which I hate myself for because I didn't get it to like two months ago after making fun of my dad for having it. And I don't put TikTok, like I don't make TikToks. I just watch other people's TikToks, which I think is even worse because I'm not even adding content. I don't know that TikTok needs more content added, although I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> it's yours probably would be true. <laughs> it's probably true. It would just be me reacting to other people's TikTok. I think I know the answer to this question, but I still want to hear it from you. Like, okay. what is the appeal of TikTok? Um, I don't know. I don't think there is. 
People post really good videos, um, but I see them when people retweet them or put them on Instagram. So I'm not yeah. on TikTok. But I, I have to say the stuff that other people repost on these other platforms is always high quality, which is why yeah. they engage with it. I don't like raw TikTok. I like curated TikTok. Yes, there yes. you go. I'm really going to date myself with this, but like the TikTok dancers have me completely baffled. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to do the punching the air and like militaristic arm movement. Very strange. Now I watch all these makeup challenges and I'm just like, that's so much makeup. Hey, can you guys hold on a second? I got to go out to my lawn and yell at the kids to get off my lawn right now. So. <laughs> do it, do it. Oh, what's that real, Smith? Are you actually going to lawn? No, I'm just like, since I'm going down this, like, the kid these days and their dances. Like, like, get off my lawn. I see, I see. Oh, my God. Because I was uh, distracted because I have a message from Postmates saying my my kid's pizza delivery Friday lunchtime special treat is on its way. So I'm just forwarding that to my kid so he can open the door because I am recording a podcast. But we can, we can never not mom, is my point. No. Like, um, so, Emily, I've been, um, and uh, if this is too personal... Um, but you were divorced mm -hmm. by the time your daughter was seven months old, which suggests that you started proceedings while you were still pregnant? Or no, no, that's not, out? no. We had the quickest divorce ever, which is actually really great. Um, and we're still like civil, obviously, like we're co-parenting, we're raising our daughter. I found stuff out when I was pregnant. Uh -huh. And that's when um, we started working on us. And it was kind of like a, like literally like a month before my daughter was born, I found stuff out. I was like, okay, well, we're going to try and make it work. And it was a lot of, um, it was like six months of trying to make it work and the rep repetition of mistakes. Mm. And finally enough of me being like, no, I think I'm good here. And then um, I think it took like from the time I filled out the paper. Like we did it without lawyers and anything. Like we sat down and came up with our custody agreement together. We sat down and divvied everything up and we signed the papers and it was like, took like six, seven weeks to process. And then it was done. Went to court and it was done. So I had a very good experience in that sense that like there was no like fight. Right. Um, definitely not something I would recommend, but <laughs> it worked out fine for us. I can't imagine um, spending like working on a relationship that's not going well is already the the like a, a real time and energy zapper and being a new mom of a new baby okay. is also an incredible time and energy zapper even though it's also lovely um, mm -hmm. mostly and so to do those both at the same time <laughs> yeah it was not fun at all. Um, did give me plenty of material for my comedy though. Yes. So that helps. That's the bright side of all of this. Um, <laughs> no, but it definitely messed with me. I don't know. And I don't think it really, I really realized how much it messed with me until it was like all said and done. And like, I think having some of the like quiet time during the pandemics really when it started to hit, which is why I got into comedy and writing. And it's also why I started going to therapy. I actually started doing both of those like relatively the same time. <laughs> So yeah, it's like comedy and therapy. I'm gonna just hit everything from both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, but they've both been so helpful because you're right. Like when you're a mom, it's like the best job in the world, but it's so tiring. But like my focus was on making sure she was like healthy and happy and taken care of. So she kind of took a lot of my energy. And so it got to the point finally where I realized like I had to make a decision for me and her. It wasn't really about me anymore. It was like, you can't do this to my kid. Um, you know, you guys are moms, you know, you'll do anything for your kids. 
Yeah. You'll do anything. You'll start stand-up comedy for your kids. You know, you'll do whatever you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good for you. Like, so strong. And I can only imagine how much that took. Yeah. it's. Uh, I always say it was like, it was hard until it wasn't anymore. Mm. Like, it was a hard decision up to the point where I was like, this is, we're done. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it was the easiest decision. And um, in a lot of ways, I think it was like one of the best decisions I ever made because I'm, I've grown so much as a person yeah. and I'm doing things I don't think I would have been able to do if I was still in that marriage, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So it's a great story for your daughter because obviously she's not going to remember a time other than then it was primarily you and her, even though you're co-parenting. And so, you know, if she ever asked, you can be like, yeah, mommy doesn't put up with shit. You know, mommy yeah, exactly. <laughs> what am I teaching my daughter if I stay? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to try and make her life as normal as, and as normal as possible so she doesn't grow up to be a stand up comedian. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try and not mess her up. What happened? There's nothing wrong with us. No, 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 there isn't. Well, not too much. <laughs> no, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I do think the recognition that you should do comedy as well as therapy and not just use the one for the other. I mean, I think if you're using therapy to practice your stand-up, um, it's probably expensive. There are cheaper comedy classes out there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you're using comedy only as your therapy, then then you're probably quite funny, but you might still need to do a little bit of work on yourself. Too. Yeah. Yeah, because therapy doesn't have like random online sexual harassers. <laughs> Not usually. <laughs> I mean, depending on your therapist. Yeah. You can ask your therapist to just shout, get your tits out once or once in a while. Oh my God. <laughs> then it'll feel really like an open mic. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember once, like, long time ago, years ago, I was on a live show and this guy in the audience heckled me, like, sort of like insulting my morals and my character for no reason. And he was with a woman and I turned to the woman and I was like, You chose this guy? Like, what? <laughs> the best you could do boom like exploded it was so much fun like but it's true though like you sometimes these guys say things and you're like you have a girlfriend like there's somebody who chose you like picked you like (laughs) this was the best i could do yeah seriously yeah you should work on your self-esteem lady (laughs) you need therapy we're gonna turn this on you now we're gonna talk about you Yeah. So no, I'm, yeah, I think it's great that you're doing both and they are both outlets. Like I like to tell people that stand-up comedy is like one of the freest places in the world for me, you know, it, and it's like weird. Cause it's not like I just go up there and say whatever I want and you still have to live within society, but like mm-hmm. you just get to express yourself. Yeah. So and the whole process is therapeutic. Like the, the, you're just so present in the world. Like you pick up on little things that other people won't. And you like, are like, mm-hmm. oh, that's funny. And the writing and then performing. It's just been, it's great. It's like mm-hmm. such a euphoric feeling. Yeah. yeah. A good show will energize you like nothing. It's mm-hmm. absolutely true. Yes. Yeah. I love how you talk of comedy as um, how you really recognize its craft, Emily. Like you talk about, you know, the classes you took and, and how they kind of work through that and how, you know, you're always looking for material and then you kind of just, I mean, not act, I mean, actively looking, but also not. It's not like yeah. you go into the store thinking, you know, I'm going to walk out with a premise and yeah. a punchline, but when you see it, you know, right. And then you have to work it out. Right. And then you have to practice it over and over again. And 
sometimes the thing you're most attached to, whether it's a particular way of saying something or even a particular punchline, if it doesn't work, you have to let it go. It and that tough. can be so painful. And it's like, I love this joke so much. I've done it 165 times and no one has yet ever laughed. Yeah, yeah. You're like, it's not, it works for me. It's not working for them. This uh, joke is like my child. Nobody loves it. Only I do. <laughs> well, it's so funny because I took, I've taken a sketch writing course through UCB, which is based out, it's based out of LA. Again, another class I would never have been able to take if this right. wasn't a Zoom thing. And she, we were talking about sketch writing. She says, sometimes you'll have a joke or a premise and they're like your babies, but you have to kill it because it's not gonna work. Oh and like, she, she goes, you don't really have to kill it. You just have to put it away for later. You know, like, yeah. Maybe we'll use it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, that's true. Cause it is, it feels like you're killing part of your soul. You're like, but I really like this and I know it has potential. And like, that's why taking those classes was good for me. Cause it made me realize like, just because it's not working right, a joke's not working right now, doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that it's not there yet. Um, I have this joke, um, uh, well, that I am as excited about Joe Biden as I am about my brother's cancer being slow growing. Like in the context of lots of bad, it's good news, but it's still yeah. really, really depressing. And that joke didn't work at all. I mean, it's probably a little bit too dark, but I also feel like it's people funny. want to be excited about Joe Biden still. They don't want to be reminded. So people said, just give it time. People are going to get really, really pissed off with him. And then you can oh. bring that joke back. Exactly. <laughs> I laughed. I think I like dark humor. So I think it's there's like a bit of a lot going on, coup, whatever. There's a lot going on. There's a lot. Not happening in our nation. Yeah, it's like, what isn't going on? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like I got asked to do a couple live shows lately and I'm like, or like in-person shows and I'm like, ah, is it, is it really worth it? I feel like I'm getting more paranoid, like locked inside for 11 months and then getting it because I made a bad judgment. Of course, anybody can get it through no fault of their own, but yeah. saying yes to something that I kind of don't want to say yes to and think, ah, it should be okay. And then getting sick. And I'm actually really loving this, like, oh, I can't do that because I have because of the pandemic excuse. And I'm, that's the only thing I'm like really sad about when this is over. Because <laughs> I have to go back to like either going to more things I don't want to do or coming up with a better excuse. I mean, I can only use the kid as an excuse so many times. So, but that one goes pretty far too. The kid. It does. Oh I like yeah. People and people don't want to argue with that. I I used my son as a reason that I can't think very well. Um, <laughs> You know, I could still do it, but the, the embarrassing thing is like, if you say, I'm really sorry, I missed that deadline four times, but you know, I've just had a baby. And then people go, oh, of course. Oh, how lovely, how old's your child? Because I can't think very well. I didn't have the, the, the brain power to say three months. So I said, seven. <laughs> seven months. And then I realized I had to stop using that as an excuse because the response was not good. <laughs> you were postpartum right just seven years postpartum right yeah. yeah that's totally right I'm having postpartum brain fog <laughs> I heard that stays with you at least for 10 12 years so okay. <laughs> um I've, I've started doing this thing like where when something bad happens to me or like something really annoys me I'll, I'm, I'll be like uh, I'm sure in a little while this will be material but just not right now and you know there's that whole like comedy plus no tragedy plus time equals yeah. comedy Mm -hmm. so I've kind of got that comedy brain now where like when something bad happens I'm like wonder when this will start being funny yeah that's actually like a really good way to look at it though because mm -hmm. when you're going through that hard time it's like well 
you know, just give it six months and it'll be a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I have this joke where I make fun about um, dinosaurs and then I like to end it with what, too soon? <laughs> I think like that's one of those jokes that I really love and I'm like to go. Need another 65 million years for that to be funny. <laughs> oh, I think it's cute. It really is one of those jokes that had to be left behind. It's kind of like a dad joke, but I guess it's a mom joke. I always hate when guys are always like, oh, female comics making period jokes. I don't think I've ever heard a female comic make a period joke. It's true. I don't know because, yeah, I mean, Smith, I just did, but in a very cer- cerebral way. We didn't even get why it was funny. That's how smart it was. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, no, I never got into an open mic and had a girl go on stage and be like, let me tell you about my period. <laughs> yeah, once upon a time, a tampon walks into a bar. Like, have we heard that one yet? <laughs> It's not a bad premise. I'm going to work on that. <laughs> write that down. Write that down before you forget. As writers, we're always learning. But I'm just like, just six months, seven months in. So I'm really still learning. This is going to sound very cliche, but comedy is just so fun. Like, it's just like nice to have fun, you know? Like, yeah, I know. It's like people kind of look at you strange and you're like, I do this because it's really fun and I like to laugh. Yeah, it makes me happy. Like, why does there have to be more of a reason than that? <laughs> You know, like this is a break. I get to like hang out with fun people, do fun things, not talk about like, I don't know, baby shark for the 80th time. Oh my God. (laughs) What's your favorite joke at the moment, Emily? The jokes you tell? Of mine? Oh goodness. Um, I have a new joke I do where I talk about um, a guy I recently started seeing who's a comedian. And I set it up by saying how... um, you know, I was telling my friend about this new guy I'm seeing. She's like, well, what does he do? I'm like, he's a comedian. And she's like, no, but like, what does he make? I'm like, <laughs> and that gets a laugh right there, especially if you're a comedian. And I go, he makes an effort, Allison. <laughs> which gets a lot. Yeah, and then I just go, which is more than your husband, um, which I don't even need that tag half the time. But I think that's my favorite because it's based on a real conversation. And I knew that, like, when I knew when I told my friend about the guy, was the guy I'm dating, that she was going to ask that. So I was like, thank you for the material. This is yes. <laughs> So I like that one. That one's very fun. So. Yeah, I mean, when we see, when we know the jokes that uh, we saw of you online, definitely like, wow, it's like machine gun. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like storytelling is a completely different style or like it's it's almost like a different art form right because it's not like punchline after punchline sometimes you hear it and like they'll say something it's not a punchline but I'm laughing like what is this you know yeah and it's such an art form like it's it's something I want to learn more uh and work on but it's funny like thinking back from my writing like you kind of just like I'm sure you guys know you just find the style that works for you and like that's just my authentic style is just like short punchy little jokes Mm -hmm. um but I would love to be able to try and branch out more eventually I like contextualized jokes so I I think I am more of a narrative comedian but I really try and and put punchlines in there because people don't want to sit and listen they didn't come to listen to a story they came to laugh I just love how it's like everybody kind of finds their style and it's like you do you you know yeah yeah. your voice you know sometimes you hear what other people are doing and you're like oh I want to you know that's so funny that they did that or maybe I should sound more like that Mm -hmm. and as you get more confident and you start to realize like who you are as a performer you're like that works for them and it worked like they're doing a great job but like that's not me 
I feel like there's a life lesson there. Like, you know, even seeing people being like, they can do them, but that's not me. But that's so hard. Yeah. When I It see is so like hard. Buying houses and stuff. I'm like, why don't I... I did all that don't do not don't <laughs> so I was joked too that I did like everything I was supposed to do you know like I went to college I met a guy I got engaged we bought a house we got married we had the kid mm-hmm. like I did it all and it went to shit so it's like so now I'm doing what I want to do you know what I mean like now I'm doing like life my way like I I'm a single mom. I'm doing stand-up comedy. I'm, I'm renting an apartment. I'm dating a comedian. Like <laughs> I told my friend I was dating a comedian. He's like, a, two comedians dating each other is like two heroin addicts dating each other. I'm like, I'm not going to decipher that right now. <laughs> That's a lot to unpack. Smith yeah. strongly believes that there can only be one funny person in a family and in mm-hmm. hers. It's, it's Hopefully it's you. I hope you don't think that your partner is the funny one, Smitha. Um, well, I think there's a nuance, which is only one of you can be the diva, but maybe both of you can be funny. Right, right. But I would definitely say my boyfriend's weirder than me, but we're both really funny. I think I'm funnier. He's just weirder. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go with. So I wish I started when I was like 14 or 20 doing stand up, you know? I don't know. I feel like it takes a while for you to realize, hey, I'm annoyed but I can laugh about it yeah like do you have any advice or philosophy or ideas that people can hold on to as we stare down the barrel of more pandemic oh goodness um I I guess I'll kind of go back to what I said about like how I did everything the way I was supposed to do it right like I I lived the beginning of my life doing what was society told me was normal to do Mm -hmm. and all I learned from that is that it didn't really make me genuinely happy and since the pandemic hit and since my divorce I've just been doing things and spending my time and and being with people that make me happy and make me feel whole and authentic and I think my advice is to just go have fun and whatever that means to you whatever is going to make you you genuinely happy not what like society wants you to do um, that's my advice is just go do go do you <laughs> love that go do you while, while wearing a mask I would want to while add wearing a mask and socially distancing six feet apart from your other friends who are doing them yes <laughs> love that thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much for having me this was fun so if people want to find you Emily where can we follow you find you Sure. Um, on Instagram, it's at Emily Page Comedy. And then on Twitter, it's at M-E-M Page Comedy because my first name is apparently too long to fit in the Twitter handle. And so. Page is P-A-I-G-E, correct? Yes, thank you. Yeah, P-A-I-G-E. Lalita D Comedy, D-E-E on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at Almost Favorite and my website is almostfavorite.com.